Folks, if you love Mega like we think you do, do us a small favor. Join the Patreon. It's the number one way to support a small podcast like ours. The year we had was, well, I wouldn't say we didn't get our asses kicked with strikes and podcasting budgets getting slashed. So why not just head over and give it a try? You can do a free trial on Patreon. If that's not in your plan, at the very least, share your favorite episode of Mega with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'd love to keep going, and we can't do it without you. Thanks. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church a tiny family feel, introducing you to members of our church staff, people from our community. It's a treat and a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. It's Gray Haas. Hey, three and one and one in me, Hallie. How are you? Mm, so good. Blessed. How are you, my brother? Oh, uh, we had so much going on around Climax and my teens who came this weekend. You know, on Friday night, we had a party called Faith Based, spelled Ooh. like, you know, B-A-S-S, like base, oh. uh, not the fish. Uh, that was confusing to some people. But, the you sound. know. Yeah, the sound. And we invited all the biggest Christian DJs <gasps> in the greater Indianapolis area to come and spin. Oh, that's so cool. Do yeah. they have cool DJ names? Oh, yeah. You know, we had uh, DJ Nicodemus. Oh. Nick Odemus. You know, he's an Irish guy. That was really cool. We had uh, DJ Wearable Parable. He sold a bunch of merch. Oh. We had DJ Jizzy Bell. Uh, DJ WWJD, <laughs> um, DJ Will You Go to Heaven dot awesome. which is cool because uh, you could just check the link, and then you know the big finale, Hallie. We had a DJ DJ NFT Ooh. who appeared as a hologram briefly until someone purchased him, and then he dis- dis- disappeared. Oh, wow, I don't even know how that works or how that's possible. I know, and then um. 
You know, I volunteered this weekend with my friend. I'm not sure if I've mentioned him, uh, Clay Mason, Clay Mason Bannerman. Bannerman. Yeah, this uh, this week was one of our CrossFit gyms does this awesome thing with an organization called Traumatic Lift. And it's a nonprofit that specializes in healing trauma through lifting heavy objects rather than talking about them. Oh, not, not talking about heavy objects? No, the trauma. You can talk oh. about the lifts as much as you want. In fact, oh. it's encouraged. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Clay's still recovering from a little skydiving incident, so he couldn't do much. But I stepped in, and funny, it's because, you know, I have zero trauma in my background. So cool. Just no trauma. And I was able to set personal records in both the clean chick and the power clean, which I think was super inspiring to people who were there who, you know, so many people are just so caught up in the past that they cannot show up for the present and really lift and I think I showed them how to do that which was awesome wow. how was your week Allie well I've got a god thing to share really what's up yeah one of my daughters has been saying that she likes comedy oh, and no. she wants to do comedy oh no which daughter the one who likes comedy okay. and my husband Lance Labont and I we've both you know we've been trying to keep an eye out for opportunities for her to use her comic sensibility yeah I don't really get comedy but okay so so Lance Labonte says, honey, why don't you go out for student government if you want to do comedy? And, <sighs> right, and, exactly. Know, and I've been trying to find ways for her to develop her comedy skills. And so I started praying about it. And then next thing you know, I learned from lead pastor Steve that this weekend's message was going to be on the top five funniest Bible stories. And I said, it's a God thing. That is a God thing. And Steve is hilarious. He is. I mean, he what can't he do? It's just, I, so I'm just busting because I feel like it's a God thing. And so this past weekend, I pulled my junior high daughter out of squirts. Oh, did they rebrand the junior high ministry name? Yeah, it was called J High. And then it got renamed to Crave because the leadership thought it was cool to have the kids go from Crave to Climax, which is true. But they just got a super cool new South African junior youth pastor, and he rebranded it to Squirts, which oh, is that's so cool. cool. Yeah, because they're so small. Yeah. And um, so my daughter skipped her squirt, and um, she came to big church with me, and I sat there, and I was so proud to have her learning about comedy from the Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's there, there are some really funny stories in the Bible. It's got it all. Steve started with um, the first king story of Elijah and his famous showdown with the 450 prophets of Baal. And he called him the sarcastic prophet. And, you know, because Elijah was taunting the um, Baal prophets and he mocked them until the Bible says they were cutting themselves till they spilled their own blood. <laughs> um, you know, but their oh. dumb God didn't show up, but our God did. And Elijah was like, well, maybe your God is relieving himself on the toilet. It was uh, hilarious. That is hilarious. And then, of course, we know that Elijah burnt a huge bull to show them that their beliefs were moronic. Oh, right. That's one of the funniest ones. So um, the next one, gosh, I mean, God has such a great sense of humor. It was the story of the children of Israel in the desert eating God's manna, kind of sweet bread, which I think sounds awesome. Like bread is my favorite food. And everybody's like, you shouldn't eat white foods, not the pastas and the sugars and the breads and everything. And right. it's like, well, guess what? When God made his own, um, you know, dinner, it was sweet bread. I mean, mm -hmm. what gets better than that? Right. I bet it was low carb though. And I imagine hope. how good it must have been if God made it. Right. Oh. I mean, it was probably the bread that actually tastes good but doesn't have any kind of you know a fat of sugar but the bible says that the israelites eventually wanted meat 
And it made God so mad that they weren't enthusiastic about his free food that he said, the, the Bible says, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat and you shall not eat just one day of meat or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but a whole month until it comes out your nostrils because I want it to become loathsome to you. Oh, that is pretty funny. I mean, that's basically keto. <laughs> Isn't that funny? God was like, I'll give it to you till it comes out your nose. So funny. God is <laughs> hilarious. I love it when God does funny stuff. And then the other story was when Paul was preaching too long and some kid fell asleep up in the window and he fell so deep asleep that he fell out the window and died. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's another funny story in Mark 14, which I was not aware of, which is so weird because I read the Bible all the time about a guy who was following Jesus around and the guy was wearing his underpants. And when they tried to seize him, he fled and he left the linen behind. So there was a naked guy. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, you know, that can happen to anybody. And let's see, the last one was in 1 Samuel, the Israelites, they lost to the Philistines in a battle. And so they decided to take the Ark with them, the Ark of the Covenant, so that its power would protect them from the Philistines. But not only did it, you know, not protect them, but the Philistines captured and stole the Ark of the Covenant, um, you know, which would make you think that the Ark wasn't that powerful, right? Right. But everyone came down with a bunch of tumors. The Ashdods, the Gaths, and the Philistines, they all were inflicted with terrible, terrible tumors. Just God was giving everybody tumors everywhere. If there's anybody that can make tumors funny, it's God. (laughs) God was like, and you get a tumor, and you get a tumor, and you get a tumor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, 
and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like God curates every single sunset as his personal paintings, our guest today curates the paintings around Twin Hills. Oh, it is my pleasure to introduce Tack Zomson. Welcome to the program, my friend. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and isn't that the truth? I mean, we are so blessed to have him curating sunsets and even even the occasional s- snowstorms for us to bask in its beauty. That is so <laughs> isn't that true. Right? I say that when I see a good sunset. I say to my kids, I say, look, isn't God the most amazing artist? He does it every single time without fail without fail we can catch the wonder and everything which also leads us to is he crying when it rains and is he angry when it thunders who knows yeah, well my dad used to say he was bowling when it was uh with, with the thunder he was having his bowling night and uh oh, i, I like couldn't that. explain the lightning that way but uh i didn't dwell on it too long i like the idea of god being in a bowling shirt he would get a strike every time well tech i wanted to ask you what first got you interested in art in the first place because a lot of times i just look at a painting and i'm like this painting's like that painting's like this one whatever but you've really curated some of the most i guess important paintings in in all of christendom here at the church so what was it that really sparked you to this well great honestly i uh i worked for a spring hill suites uh and i was on a, a facilities team that we were uh doing a project to refresh the art there um, and then, um, the guy who was actually doing the art died and the person from, from Marriott corporate remembered my email address. Oh, and so I got hired on to do that. And so, you know, like if you go to a Spring Hill suites, you get like, uh, let's say for example, you go to Cleveland, you're going to get like an abstract picture of rivets in a girder or, uh, you know, you go to Milwaukee, you might get a spilled beer on the ground with a reflection of a building in it. So you're trying to capture kind of the essence of where you are without kind of hitting it over the head. So, oh, I um, see. My uh, interview and, and hiring onto staff here at Twin Hills was, was pretty quick. Well, I will say, you know, we have, uh, and I believe it's on the plaque right below it, uh, an original Thomas Kincaid, uh, or maybe it's an early print. I think it's like number three of, of 500 of the bridge over the lagoon with the rainbow. And that is a beautiful piece. And, and I know you did a lot to, to procure that. Yes, I, yeah, we did. We did quite a bit of work. Uh, we, we have actually quite a few outreaches uh, that, that get us into the art world. Um, we're working with some some big players uh, like S. Truett Cathy and uh, David Green about acquiring some of the things they've, um, quite frankly, rescued from the Middle East uh, and returned to to Christian hands. Oh, um, yes. Awesome. Honestly. Who are they now? Uh, sorry. S. Truett Cathy is the uh, the founder of Chick-fil-A. Oh, and David awesome. Green is the founder of Hobby Lobby. Awesome. Um, they're family, family, Christian family-owned businesses, and, and you may or may not know, um, they do a lot of secret operations to... Um, one of the better term liberate Christian art from from the that Middle East. That is so cool. Oh, it's like Indiana Jones or something. In a lot, in a lot of ways, yeah. Well, I love Hobby Lobby. I mean, it's a it's a it's full of wholesome activities, and boy, do I love a Chick Fil A. I can't get enough of their Chick Fil A sauce. I don't know what's in there. It's crack. <laughs> well, well, we'll look out. You don't want to get addicted to it. <laughs> I will say the Hobby Lobby has the cleanest public men's room you'll ever find. Oh, isn't that neat? And so, Tack, have you ever gotten to join those guys on one of their art, you know, stealing missions? So I have not, but I will say you guys know the, the, the fully clothed David that we commissioned for, for Twin Hills. 
Um, I was actually flown to uh, the quarry in Italy. We chose the the marble and chose the the perfect veining on the marble to match as close as we could to Michelangelo's David before we before we commissioned a fully clothed version of it. So, um, you know, it was only the second time I I traveled internationally. So that is fantastic, and I love the choice kind of to put him in some cool streetwear, the drop crotch uh, sweatpants and the tank top. I just thought that was like really showing, hey, this is a church that pays attention to history, but we're bringing it into the future. Absolutely. We wrestled with the, the outfits quite a bit, actually. We were going to put him in a full coat, Colts uniform with him standing. Goliath's head would have been like a giant's helmet. Oh. Uh, and it would have been easier, too, because if you know the original, David has a block that holds his arm to the body. We were going to put a helmet under his arm. Um, but uh, the, the the modern version with the um, the Bible under his arm is what, what we settled on. It's awesome. And honestly, Tech, I think that our clothed David is better. Than, than the naked David in Florence, because honestly, why does he have to be naked? You know what I mean? It's just distracting you from the beautiful artistry, whereas with the fully clothed David, we're able to fully gaze upon this amazing piece of inspiration. You know, when you go to Florence, you're averting your eyes. You kind of have to look away. It's not appropriate. And so it just seems like such a gift that we're able to enjoy him to the fullest you know I, I appreciate that thank you very much for your feedback we you know it was uh, extremely expensive and the, the trip was expensive but we felt in the end that it was worth it for the church to bring home uh, uh, such a treasure you know and uh, i guess i am going to give a little bit of feedback as well i just noticed the large mural that is in the hallway going over to c building yes and i just wanted to ask you I, I guess here's the thing, Tack. I just don't get it when it comes to contemporary, a modern art, I guess is what you call it. And I mean, so w- could you just explain a little bit to me that large canvas that goes all the way down the hallway? Because, it, you know, when I look at it, I'm kind of like, okay, what's going on? I get a bit sick to my stomach, almost feel like a, a, a motion sickness or something. So I just wanted to see what what's going on with that piece. I think what's hurting us there, Gray, to be honest with you, is the scale. I mean, we're talking about a painting that is a single canvas. Yes. That I think is fifteen hundred feet long, and so the if you if you are able to get it from the vision from the rendering, it's actually a crucifix, which you know is is uh, from from the main building towards sea. You see the crucifix at the start. Right? Oh, right. But it casts a shadow the entire length of the painting, and then uh, there are different kind of. Um, abstract versions of Bible stories, for want of a better term, that are kind of uh, set in along the way, kind of more symbol than really message. Okay, yeah, because I have noticed a lot of people getting, you know, you watch people walk down that hallway, and it's like you're on a ship, and they're walking crooked, it's like, and I think that's because it's a really disorienting piece. Well, again, so you're going, you're starting your your journey, and by the end, you're kind of glad that you don't have to look at it anymore. Your ship has been righted, your soul has been saved, your eyes have been uh, uh, redeemed, if you will. And I bet Jesus felt the same way about the cross. When he was done with that thing, I bet he was like, I don't ever want to see another one of those things again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're probably right. Now, Tech, I have an art question yeah. uh, now that I have an expert here on my hands. Um, my son, Day, he was telling me that, because I told him I was going to talk to you today, and I was talking about how awesome the power of Christian art is, and that, you know, it it's... Um, it's another way of pointing people toward Christ and helping explain the story of the gospel, the good news of the gospel. And um, Day said to me, he said, Mom, any art that has a message attached is called propaganda. And I was like, um, that's impossible because um, all art has a message. You know, even if it's just a painting of an apple, it's like, you know, look, here's an apple. I mean, how can you have art that doesn't have a message? And honestly, what is propaganda? And is it wrong? <laughs> well, uh, let me tackle that in, in a couple different ways here. Um, number one, I think all art has a message. I mean, honestly, 
art, art makes you feel things. Any piece of art, if it's art, it will make you feel things. And I'm talking about the sunshine, the sunrise that God presented to me this morning. I'm talking about the paintings that we have hanging, uh, even of, of the, the damnation, the painting of the damnation outside of the men's room Powerful. Uh, in the cafeteria. Um, these are all things that make you feel something. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, I was just saying that was perfect placement for the damnation painting uh, right there because when you go in you're going, "Okay, hell is real." <laughs> yes, well, it was it was it was all planned. Everything again, it's all planned. I'm sure you've seen me and my assistant uh Vaughn walking around. He's a little fellow in the sailor suit. Um we kind of walk around and look for areas that kind of uh showcase what we've acquired. And I got to tell you guys, again, I don't want to avoid your question. So let me take a quick step back. Maybe it is propaganda. Can you imagine, though, if God was able to amplify his effect, amplify a sunset, and just reach into your soul and say, see, I exist, I am real, you should believe based on what I've presented to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the message of all this art. I mean, right now our biggest undertaking is is taking down uh, the previous art that we've got that actually have messages. I'm talking about typewritten psalms and, and, and messages from the Bible. We're replacing all that font with, uh, uh, you may be familiar with Lila Lo font, um, to kind of update the message awesome. uh, from its, it, you know, the severe uh, times to Roman that we had um, up there previously. But we're trying to soften it, and it is a message, of course. But I think everything that we gaze upon is a message that our Creator loves us. Yep, isn't that right? And He's the best artist. And are those some? And and you know, I, I did want to ask you about Vaughn because you know it's not often that you see uh, someone in a sailor suit both uh, around Twin Hills and then also what I would call not an unfriendly affect, but what I realized later is that it, I, I believe he doesn't speak English or maybe not his first language. So, cause I did say hello, good morning. And he just kind of looked at me uh, with, you know, a kind of a surprised look. So how did you all come to work together? That was actually my first international trip was to, to Thailand for a uh, vacation. Um, and I met him there. Um, he speaks very little English. A lot of people think he's my child, uh, adopted or otherwise, uh, because that is a child sailor suit that he wears. Um, but it's, he's not, he has definitely has an eye. Um, we actually have been, I know you guys are impressed with what we hang around, uh, the facility in the campus, but you would not believe the pieces that we have put in pastor Steve's house, uh, oh, cool. and the pieces that we due to litigation and other reasons, can't display yet that are just, uh, you know, stored uh, below the campus. Oh, wow. Oh, is that way? Okay, so is that, does the, I was wondering, where do all these pieces go when they're not on the walls? We cycle through a lot of things. We try to keep it fresh. I mean, uh, aside from Vaughn and I, we have a, a, a series of facilities workers that, you know, do uh, hang and level everything. Um, you know, right now we're in the process of taking down the prayer quilt um, that's in, in the B building and replacing it with a, a piece that we've acquired um, that is, not the shroud of Turin, but it's pieces of other shrouds. Uh, I don't know if you, if you're as old as I am, you might remember that there's some uh, pictograms where you have to relax your eyes and see other things. Yeah, but, uh, oh, the magic these are eye. actual pieces of fabric. Then you, you relax. Yes, exactly, magic eye. Thank you. Um, you relax your eye and you'll see uh, a close up on on the visage of Christ. That awesome. is amazing. A crowd of shrouds. Wow, and <laughs> and I. I like that he's always in a sailor suit. I mean, he's nothing if not predictable, but I was sort of curious about it. Is he dressing for the job he wants or is he just trying to, you know, stand out? You want to know a secret? I don't know. Also, yeah. he shows up every single day on time. I don't see him arrive. I've never seen him in a car. I've never seen him leave. And I don't know where he lives. Oh, wow. But I, I brought him home to Indy uh, and he debarked the plane, uh, disembarked the plane with me and uh, disappeared. Shows up every single day. I have no idea where he comes from or where he goes. But he shows up every single day right on time. Yeah. And I, I've never see, heard him speak a word of English. I don't know if he knows what I'm saying. We communicate in a, a certain way, and I think the work we do 
is proof of something higher than we can yeah. explain. Well, you mentioned, uh, Tech, you mentioned uh, Pastor Steve. Is he an art lover? What kind of art does he have? He has all kinds of pieces. A lot of the pieces that came from uh, S. Truett, Kathy, and David Green have gone right into his house first. Um, I, I don't know how to say this, but he kind of wants to have a feel for uh, for the art, particularly if it's extremely expensive. It goes into his uh, main house or, or his other homes um, to, to kind of... Uh, he gets a feel for it, and then he, he will make, or, or not, sometimes he doesn't say anything about it, but he'll make a suggestion as to where he might think it, it would uh, dovetail itself into the church for, for a better, yeah. uh, for one of a better term. That is so cool. That is so cool. You know, I've often heard that people who really appreciate art grew up around a lot of art. And so I'm just wondering, what was your home life like growing up? Did you, did you, were your parents just kind of those, you know, art collector types or something that always just had beautiful objects around and you, and you just really caught the bug? Um, yeah, uh, to be honest with you, Gray, our house was pretty void of any, anything other than, again, I'm pretty old, but if you remember those posters you could buy at a record store that had, had the word funky in the bottom corner, um, you know, uh, my mother passed away when I was young, and my father had a few of those that uh, I remember one in specific with uh, two scantily clad women on a Ferrari Testarossa, and it said Miami Nice. Uh, it was kind of a play on on uh, the television show Miami Vice. Um, I knew then that it wasn't really appropriate to be hanging uh, in our home, let alone anywhere outside of a young boy's room. But um, it wasn't my first real experience with art wasn't until I started working for Spring Hill Suites. Oh, what did, and what did your father do that he would have a Miami Nice poster? He repaired school buses. Oh, no. He worked for a, uh, yeah, uh, I think it was more aspirational than anything else. And honestly, I've never seen a poster of a school bus. Um, so I, I think it was was aspirational for him. As, as a, and he wasn't even a mechanic. He would just, uh, you know, kind of fix windows that had come off the track and, and tighten seats down to the, the decking of the school bus. Yeah, I see. So wow. he didn't even drive the bus, I guess. No, no, no. He was a, he was a drunkard. Oh, I see. That's interesting because, you know, I, I've never understood why guys like to put up posters of cars. Like, it's just a car. Either have the car or why do you need a picture of a car? But, you know, I don't think that's art. I think you got to have a haystack by Monet or something uh, to, to, for it to be art. It has to be soft around the edges or something. I don't, I've never considered photography art. I just don't understand. Anybody can snap it with their phone. But I do go up to the Art Institute with my kids in Chicago. And um, to be honest with you, I walk around there not really knowing what I'm supposed to do in a museum. Like, you're just looking at stuff. I mean, I just kind of want to go down to the cafe. They have a good cafe. You're not lying. Yeah, it's a good cafe, isn't it? Yeah. They have the wettest lettuce on their sandwiches. It's it's delicious. I, don't, I can't figure out how to replicate it at uh, home, uh, but yeah, I've been trying. it makes a difference. But all that said, I, I, I think, honestly, uh, Allie, what I would say to you is, is walk around and see what treats your eyes. Okay. Um, sometimes it can be harsh. Sometimes it can be... Um, like like the, the the painting of damnation that's near the men's room. I mean, it's pretty uh, striking. It, it is an image yeah. of, of uh, um, uh, what I would consider to be a, almost like a doll, uh, kind of wandering through hell, uh, it, it, because it that doll or that person that became a demon doll didn't accept uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into their heart. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think sometimes it can be a photograph because I will say um, something that we are giving to benefactors that, that uh, donate extra money to the art programs is a, a portrait, which is a, a studio photograph uh, of the, the campus itself. Um, oh, cool. We also had a guy in a hot air balloon take an aerial photograph of uh, the, the church grounds. It's not going to include the ice rink yet, though, because that was... I missed the timing on that. Oh, but that is art. You're saying if it is a hot air balloon photo is also oh, that's considered cool. art. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I, I mean... Both ways. If you get a photo of a hot air balloon, 
to me, that's instant. But uh, from a hot air balloon is even even more so. Now, I know this was considered a bit hush-hush, but only because I'm on leadership and I did uh, hear about it, is um, the art theft that occurred, I guess it was about a year ago. And as far as I understand, that piece was never recovered. Uh, and I'm sure you were kind of on the front lines of how that went missing, uh, what happened to it. And I, you know, I saw the Thomas Crown affair, so I'm just thinking, okay, how did, was it somebody in disguise or did they use a, a zip line kind of wire thing, it, you know, drop in from the ceiling, from the atrium? Um, have we, have we, have we, what, what piece went missing and, and have, have you gotten any updates on that? Wow. This is a tough one. I mean, I hesitate to comment on on what is an ongoing investigation. Um, most of, of Pastor Steve's private security forces involved in the investigation, as well as you know the, the Broadway police, but they don't really take as seriously the theft as we as we certainly do. Um, but it is it is uh, an abstract of the Last Supper, um, oh. but it was um, commissioned and and a little bit more modern. It's it's burlap. Was the instead of canvas and uh, the the foods are all uh, God honoring labels uh, being eaten on the table. Um, it was like a bunch of shapes, but they were eating like Tyson's chicken, uh, you know, Papa John's and stuff. I think. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy John's. There's a few others that that, that we consider to be uh, you know God honoring brands. Yeah, I liked that they were lounging on the my pillow guys. My pillow. Uh, that's a good guy. He's. The best guy. And honestly, one of our most generous donors. Oh, wow. Um, Good to know. We're actually, a little preview, we are getting a sculpture made completely out of my pillow phone. Uh, It'll be a very soft Christ, but it's going to be stunning when it's finished. So did you walk in and just notice it was gone one day? You know, I got a call from facilities uh, and then from the head of security and I came down and it was was gone. Um, There was a a pane of glass smashed out of a door, um, but we don't have any real leads. Um, Mm. And it seems, I mean, again, I don't want to stir up anything, but it seems like an inside job because a lot of the security footage is missing from that time. Oh. Um, some of the machines were turned off. Uh, some of the cameras were spray painted on, like in one of those motion pictures. Wow. Um, it's, it's a real quandary. Um, wow. Someone could yeah. do all that just, uh, gosh, that is so scary to think that someone among us who we don't know anything about, who must have really small hands or something, might be behind the theft of one of the most valuable pieces of of art that that we that we own here. Wow. It boggles my mind that someone could slip in and leave unnoticed. Yeah. Like right. no one knows where this person came from or where they went. Uh, wow. uh, well, if I if I hear anything, I will say something. I mean, do you have do you have any leads or are we just com- completely flying blind right now? Uh we we found a card um like a calling card and this felt so I hate to reference a secular film but like it felt so Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But there was a business card size thing that just said mr v left there oh wow. and i don't it almost looks like a clothing tag uh, mr. V. but honestly i'm i'm at a loss completely at a loss wow well we will keep our eyes peeled and you know what tack i just wanted to tell you I'm, i know you came under some uh, criticism for one of the really creative installations you put in one of my favorites because it was an anti-abortion uh ins- installation you put in I loved it. Um, I know you came under some criticism because of its proximity to the children's ministry, but for any of you listening who didn't get to see it, um, 
and I hope it comes back. It was just a pile. You took a bunch of little, um, you know, little naked baby dolls, like as if they were newborn babies, and you piled them up. I mean, it must have been five feet high and 10 feet wide, a pile of all these baby dolls. And then you just doused it with some dark red paint or scarlet looking. And so it just looked like all these bloody babies. And it was such a powerful anti-abortion message. Um, and uh, I know people were kind of upset because it was near the children's ministry and it was upset in some of the uh, toddlers and whatnot. But you know what? I say they need to know from a young age that um, we are pro-life around here. You know, if I might give you a word basket of encouragement, that was one of my favorite pieces you ever did, Tech. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And we did we did have to clean it up. Honestly, the, the red liquid was pig's blood. Oh, wow. Um, we wanted to make it as real and visceral as possible. And if you recall, it's in the hallway by the by the. Um, by the preschool area, like you said, and it's near the trash can. So it goes trash, recycling, and then there was a little sign that says, we are not garbage. Oh, I love that. Have you ever tried to follow Vaughn to where he lives? Uh, Just because there's something about that that is just kind of, it's sticking in the back of my mind like, okay, he just goes. He's a man of mystery. Yeah, have you ever tried to figure it out? I have. I've tried to play it cool where I'm like, all right, well, we'll see you tomorrow. And then I rush off to my Tahoe turn the key, and then I look around and I can't find him. Really? And sometimes I try and like back away from him into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I've also uh, nearly been hit several times doing that. Um, I've even asked the security guard, can you tell me where Vaughn goes when he leaves? Uh, and they have, a, it's like he knows where there's holes in the security cameras. It's crazy. Oh, he just wow. slips right through. Maybe you could do um, what I hear a lot of stalkers are doing these days. Uh, you know, you put one of those Apple tags in like some in the bottom of somebody's lunchbox or something. You can see where they're going. Oh. That's right. That's like uh, for finding luggage and things like that. I should try that. Just I'll uh, slide it under the, you know, the, the little capelet thing on the sailor suit and see if I can, I can figure oh, out where right, it's going. All right, the back flap. Are you married? I have not. I have not been been married uh, been yet. Uh, I'm sorry. You stumbled me up quite a bit there. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I'm still looking. Still looking. Oh, I did wonderful. have a, a pretty serious fiance at um, at Spring Hill Suites. We worked together. Um, she was a, a maid. And then, um, you know, when when I left to come to Broad Ripple, um, she wanted to stay in, in Shawnee. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, could I mean, it's too bad you couldn't have just stayed working at. At the hotel, was that not an option? I, I probably could have, to be honest with you. The, the, the position here at Twin Hills was, was much more lucrative. I mean, uh, Spring Hill Suites, while we, there are several locations worldwide, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have been given the opportunity to go to Italy into a, um, a marble quarry. Um, and, you know, I had to save my own money to go to Thailand that time. So, um, you know, as somebody who wanted to travel more, I, I, I really wanted the, the salary that came with. And, of course, the prestige of working with Twin Hills is uh, second to none. Absolutely. I mean, we are one of the few uh, churches that basically is a church and a museum. And so if you get that opportunity, you cannot turn it down, especially coming from, you know, what I would consider a middle. I mean, Spring Hill Suites, I guess, is like a a, what a sort of mid middle tier um, facility. Yeah, I think it's on the one point scale if you're a Marriott Bonvoy member. Well, if I know one thing, it's that God is preparing an amazing woman for you and you are going to enjoy a wonderful, godly marriage. Quite frankly, I'd take any sex at this point. Zach Thompson was played by the lovely and wonderful Zach Thompson. Follow him at Pocket Thunder. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.
Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.